Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Light in the darkness, that is who you are. Thank you, Lord, we make miracle work, promise keep. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yes, I almost feel like that song is prophetic for us this morning. You know, Pastor Matt was saying that even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And I just think it's so powerful, this song, how it leads into the, the start of a new series today. I want you to know that God has not given up on you. But He is present. He's ever-present, the Bible says, in a time of need, in a time of discouragement, in a time of despair, in a time when, when it seems like nobody's paying attention or nobody has the answers, I'm telling you that God sees and He has the answers for you. Come on, we serve a miracle-making God, and I want to encourage you today that right where you are, you know, as we came into this place this morning and, and we had some pre-service prayer, I'm telling you, we began to pray as a team praying for the service today and also praying for you and praying for our community. I'm telling you what the Spirit of the living God began to move and the anointing began to flow. And there is power in that. And God is wanting to do something in your life. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever the issues that you're struggling with, would you please just surrender to the Lord? I feel like if the Lord was standing in front, He would say, would you just surrender? Would you just, would you just trust me with this thing? Would you stop trying to figure it out? Would you stop trying to, you know, to, to do it on your own? But would you just invite me in? I believe that that's what the Lord is saying to you today. As we were praying in pre-service prayer, Jaina, she said something so powerful. She said, you know what? God's not practicing social distancing. And that is the absolute truth. While we're fighting our best to keep our six feet and, and we're, you know, we're watching our, you know, where we go and what we touch and how often we're cleaning our hands, the Lord is saying, listen, you can come to me just the way that you are. And He is ever-present. He is there for you. And I just feel like as, that, as they were singing this last song, and, and there's, there are people that saying, where is God in the midst of, of this time? I'm telling you, the hand of the Lord is at work. Even if you don't see it, even if you don't feel it. Come on, I'm challenging you today. Bring God into the center of your life, into the center of your issues. I want to pray for you, Lord, right now as, as people are struggling with everything from financial issues to personal sickness to marriage problems to addictions. God, we just say in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for working on our behalf because you never stop. You never stop working. You never stop moving and doing and healing. 
God, I thank you for that. And I pray that the peace of the Lord, the peace of God, would just, would just comfort people where they are in Jesus' name. God, whether they're sitting on their sofa in their living room or if they're in their kitchen sitting at the table, Lord, wherever it is that they are, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would feel you as I feel you right now in this place. I thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for doing the miracle work that you're doing right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God is so good this morning. Let's put our hands together right where you at for the worship that we've already had today. Man, I tell you what, I wish you could be here with us. Um, but it is nice to be back into the house of the Lord. I came, and, I, and, and Susan's going to show some of the pictures, but I, I was surprised today. In fact, I came a little after 6 a.m. this morning just to get my head right, and, and I walked in, and, and the lights were off in the sanctuary here in the worship center, and, um, and I could see something that looked like a hand on the far side, and I'm thinking, oh no, I'm not alone. And uh, I started praying in tongues. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. But, but I turned on the light, and I was so blessed. Um, I think it was Courtney's idea, but so many of you participated. You, you took cardboard cutouts, and you put your faces on them. And so when I preach and we worship, to, you know, we're, 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 we're leading you guys in worship right here. You got your faces right here, but it's so awesome, and hopefully she'll be able to show you some of those pictures that are, that are, uh, that are you know, she's taken before the service. But once again, I just want to welcome you. If you will, please put, put your hands together for our worship team. Did such a great job this morning, as they always do. Thank you guys so much for just being amazing. Pastor Matt, you got a great team here, and, um, and, and I tell you, we're the most blessed church in the area, I believe. But uh, um, anyhow, it's, a, it's exciting. And um, I wanted to share with you also just before, um, you know, just before we, we get into a, a short video, I was thinking about this today, that as we move towards getting back to, you know, back together, um, I wanted to challenge you to not participate in social distancing. Oh no, what is he saying? He's going against all the CDC guidelines. I, what I'm challenging you to do is to not participate in social distancing, but I want to encourage you to participate in physical distancing. You see, I believe that we still need to remain connected. We still need to have, you know, those phone calls. I don't know about you guys, but I've been privileged to be able to see a couple of people, you know, out in town, whether it be Walmart when I'm getting, you know, my groceries or, or whatnot. But, but I'm telling you what, take the time to say hello. And, and when you do get the opportunity to connect with somebody, make sure you're speaking life to them. Make sure you're speaking life over their life. There's so much negativity in our world today, and I'm just telling you this, that a little positivity goes a long way. And so make those phone calls, especially to our elderly. If somebody comes across your, your mind, instead of just saying, man, I wonder how they're doing, you know, uh, take it a step further and say, you know what, I'm going to give them a call and I'm going to check on them and see exactly how it is that they're that they're doing. So I want to encourage you in that. We need one another. Speak life to one another. I'm so grateful that we have each other to lean on. 
and I'm so grateful that we have the Lord who is always there. Today, as I already said, we're starting a new series called He's the God of Miracles. He's a God of Miracles. I want you to know, church, that He is the God of miracles. In fact, whenever you take a look at the Bible, like this story, there's so many miracles that are in God's Word. It's a book of, of miracles. It's a book of people in difficult situations, in, in troubled times, going through real-life struggles. Struggles that you can relate with, that you can say, you know what, I can kind of relate to that. It's filled with real people going through real issues, and God comes down and He adds His super to our natural. And I'm just telling you this, that while the Bible is filled with so many incredible stories, it doesn't stop there. I'm telling you what, we need to continue to read it, we need to know it. Come on, God's Word is going to do nothing but encourage you and, and strengthen you, but I want you to know this that God is still in the business of bringing about miracles in the lives of people. You see, so oftentimes we can, we can look at somebody else's life or we can, we can see God doing incredible things to that person that you know, was, was, a, was a key person in, in the Bible. You know, maybe they lived 2,000, 3,000 years ago. And we can say, wow, that's pretty awesome. God's amazing. And maybe we've got a co-worker that, because we're a man of faith, whenever, or a woman of faith, whenever we're talking to them, we're telling them that, listen, God can make a difference in your life because He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle-making God. But it is so crazy sometimes the block that we run into whenever it comes to receiving, come on, the hand of God doing something miraculous, something supernatural in our own life. And I'm just saying this, that oftentimes the very thing that limits us is our ability to either believe it or to not believe it. I want you to know that God is a miracle maker. I love the miracles that are in God's Word, but I also know that some of you personally, because I know your story, like you don't need, you know, you're, you're thankful for $1,200 stimulus check, and, and that's awesome, and you're grateful for that. But that doesn't do anything to help you in your situation. You know what I mean? You love the generosity of somebody bringing over some cookies and some, and some bread or maybe a bag of groceries, and you're so thankful for that. But in the big picture, it doesn't touch the need that you have because you are in need of a supernatural miracle in your life that only God can do. Like you are in need of God to show up because if He doesn't show up, there's, there's, there's no hope. I'm telling you that God is a God of miracles and God desires, come on, to show up and He will show up for you. I believe that. You need that miracle. God's Word, we always know, is is always relevant. It's always on time. It's always, it's always perfect. It's always powerful. There, in fact, I'll say this, that there's not a thing that you're going through right now that you can't find a story in the Bible that, that will be similar and, and, and get some strength and encouragement out. Come on, it reaches, it teaches, it, it, it addresses everything. Everything that can be, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's there or something similar um, to it. And so, so, you know, we need that. And God's Word is relevant. But this series, 
God being a God of miracles that I'm starting today is absolutely relevant for the, for the day and the, and the time that we are living. It's not by accident that you're alive and breathing at this time. And God is wanting to use you. And these are, these are, these are special times that we're in. God's doing something new and, and special during these days. And, and we just need to make ready so that we're, we're on point, ready to go where God says go, and ready to do what He says to do and say what He says to say, and love the way that He wants us to love, and be a part of the miracles that He's wanting to do in the earth in this time. I want to share with you Luke chapter 5, and I want to start with verse 12. This is a, this is a, a common miracle, meaning common that, that most people have heard it, um, at some point in their life, uh, you know, maybe it was just like a, a, a kid's story that you, you know, that you heard as a child, or, or, or maybe you know, I preached on it not too long ago. Maybe you were here and and uh, you were like, oh, I remember when Pastor Travis talked about that. Or maybe you were watching a different podcast and and you remember. Or maybe you were reading your Bible and you came across Luke chapter five and verse twelve. This is what it says. It says one day. While Jesus was ministering in a certain city, he came upon a man that was covered with leprous sores. I want you to know that, that it's important that we capitalize on the word covered because this shows us that, that it wasn't you know, leprosy that he just kind of, you know, he just found out that he had. This was in the latter stages. He was covered probably from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He was a mess. And I'm telling you what, this is a terrible diagnosis. Um, not only, you know, was it, was it, you know, a terrible disease to have, but it was untreatable at the time of, of, of you know, this man having, having this terrible disease called leprosy. And once again, he, it wasn't in the beginning stages or minor stages. The Bible says that he was covered in this. I want you to know that this is a big problem for this man. It affects him spiritually. Oftentimes people with leprosy back in the day, they, they would ask questions like, what did this guy do that was so bad that God would be you know, so rough and tough and, and he, would, he, would, he, would, he would give him such a harsh judgment you know, to, to give this man leprosy. And so it was often referred to as a, as a sin. And so... And so this affected him spiritually. Imagine this, if like you, this guy belonged to a church community where he was used to going to church every week, sometimes several times a week. And then all of a sudden he gets a diagnosis because he's got a small spot on his, on his, on his left hand and he goes to get it checked and, and, and they simply just tell him, listen, you've got leprosy. You need to leave everything right now. Don't even, don't even have time to hug your, your wife and your kids. Say goodbye to your church family. You know, you're on the worship team. You can't, you can't have any contact, no communication with them. You're going out to the, to the colony that we've got set up for people like you. Come on, his whole thing changed, everything. He was forgotten. He felt lonely. He was separated. He was cast out. It was a physical problem. This is obvious it was a physical problem. Sometimes people's leprosy would deteriorate your skin so badly that you'd be walking along and a finger may fall off. You know, some people were chewed up 
with leprosy on their face to the point where their nose, they didn't have a nose. It was just a hole in the front of their face. Come on, it caused all kinds of hurts and pains and it changed the way that they looked. You know, you may, you may have known somebody but th- seen them several years later after this, this leprosy had spread so drastically and you may not even know who they were. You can't even recognize them. It affected them socially. It was a social problem. Come on, this is the original social distancing. This is the original quarantine. This is the original separation. Come on, this, this happened way before COVID-19 came around. You know, you had to wear certain clothes if you were a leper. You had to wear certain clothes that would identify you as being as such. And if people weren't paying attention and you were just kind of walking down the road, you would also have to identify yourself by saying, unclean, unclean. What a terrible thing to say about yourself. Unclean so that people would notice and they could move over to the other side of the street or they could pass by with a certain distance or they may just see you turn around and go the opposite direction. Come on, these people were banished. I want you to know this, and I don't want to make a stretch here, but I really believe that we as sinners are lepers. Come on, God, God, God loves the, the, the leper. How many of you know that? There's so many stories of Jesus you know, pushing through barriers. Come on, where everybody else would stay separate, Jesus would push through those places and He would have conversations and He would engage them and He would touch them. Jesus had a certain love for these people. The Bible goes on to say, when the man with leprosy recognized Jesus, said that he fell upon his face at Jesus' feet and begged him to be healed. He said, listen, if you are willing, you could completely heal me. You know, it's one thing to have the ability and the power to do something. It's another thing to actually do it. I fully believe that, that, that there are people all around us that have the ability to, to meet the needs of others in difficult and tragic situations. But just because they can meet the need, just because they can pay that bill, just because they can give that advice, doesn't necessarily mean that they are available to do so or they're going to extend themselves to do so. And so, so this man is identifying, listen, I know that you are capable. I know that you have the power. I've heard the stories of people that have been raised from the dead, people that had their eyes opened up and, and people that had their families restored. You're a miracle maker, but I don't know. What I'm kind of uncertain about is will you? And I'm telling you, I believe that this plagues the church in the United States. We have enough faith to believe for somebody else, but we don't have enough faith, come on, to change our actions and to begin to do things differently because the power of God is in our life. And I'm just telling you that as soon as you begin to walk by faith and not by sight, you're going to see more and more of the power in the hand of God moving in your life and in your family's life. I believe it. 
So the question is once again, would Jesus help? I know he can, but will he? It's answered in verse 13. Jesus reached out and he touched him. Come on, the one thing that you're not allowed to do to a leper is to touch him. And this is the one thing that Jesus did. A, he allowed this man to get close enough in proximity. The man, you know, could have been stoned and killed for breaking protocol even by getting close enough. He was like, he was at the end of his rope. What else is there to live for? He said, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it. I know he has the ability, but will he? And Jesus reaches out and touches him. You know, it's funny how people are acting with this, with this whole coronavirus. It's not funny. It's just, it's interesting. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that people are so cautious and I forget about the six feet of distance and I'll see somebody that I haven't seen and I'll go rushing towards them, ready to embrace them. I'm a hugger. I'll be ready to embrace them and they'll just be like... You know, they're, they're, they're like, keep your distance. I'll forget, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I'm apologizing all over. You know, I just got, I got the best of myself. And, or you go out to shake somebody's hand, and then you realize that, oh, yeah, we're, that, it's, not, it's not acceptable. See, this was not acceptable, what Jesus did. Much worse than me trying to shake somebody's hand today. I mean, it was not acceptable in any group that you would run with, but Jesus did it. He did it. He pushed through what was acceptable, and he embraced this man. He touched this man. Jesus reached out and touched him, and he said this, Of course I am willing to heal you, and now you will be healed. I wonder how long it had been since this man had, had felt a human touch from another. I wonder how long it had been since he had a handshake or felt the warmth of somebody's skin touching his skin. Probably since the first day that he was diagnosed. That was probably the last. And, and I don't know how long that was, but he was filled with leprous sores. So I'm sure it had been a long time and Jesus touched him and he says of course I'm willing to heal you and now the Bible says Jesus said that you will be healed instantly somebody say instantly instantly the Bible says that leprous sores were healed and his skin became smooth once again Jesus said tell no one what has happened but go to the priest and show him that you've been healed. And to show that you're purified, listen now, to show that you're purified, make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded. I think it's so powerful that generosity always follows gratitude, or at least it should generosity is supposed to follow gratitude. Like the idea is if good things are coming to you, the idea is to be a conduit so that you can be a beneficiary of those good things, but allow those good things to also pass through you. It's interesting. You would think that that was common. You would think that that was natural. You would think that that was the, the, what happened all the time. But in Luke chapter 17, the Bible talks about ten other lepers. Come on, ten other people that were in the same situation that this man was in, in a colony. They have a, a confrontation with Jesus. And Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priest. And on their way, as they stepped out in faith, they were healed, one 
by one, by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All ten of them were healed. All of them. But one of them took the time to return to Jesus and to thank him. And this guy wasn't even a Jew. The Bible says that he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, listen, your faith is what has made you whole. But why? And Jesus even asked, wasn't there nine that were completely healed? Where are the others? Why are you all by yourself? I mean, what do you say? But I'm telling you that generosity should always follow gratitude. Come on, it should always be that way. When goodness comes to you, thank whoever's been good to you. Pass it on. I love this new movement that's been happening for about the last 10 years, which is kind of a pay-it-forward deal. You go to a coffee shop or, or a restaurant, and you're, just, you're, feeling, you're feeling blessed. And so you're just like, listen, these people don't even know who I am. I'm just going to pay for their meal. I love that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of thing that I really feel grabs hold of who Christ is in the life of the believer. And so, so this, is, this is what the man's told. This man with leprosy is told by Jesus, go to the priest. Somebody say, go to the priest. Make an offering. Somebody say, make an offering. And he says this, that you'll become a living testimony to them. So here this guy is. He presents himself to the priest and he probably has to identify himself by name because the priest only knows this guy as a messed up, broken individual. Messed up skin, maybe fingers falling off, and, and just, just a mess. And he says his name to the priest, and the priest is confused because here's this guy with young, fresh skin. Probably the skin's the best his skin's ever looked. And he's saying, hey, listen, I'm here because I've been healed and I want to give this offering. So, so I'm guessing also that this leper was probably taken care of by his family. If he wasn't taken care of by his family, they were probably you know, beggars or had some sort of a system. They were on the, they were on the system. So automatically, this, kid is, this, this guy is healed, and now he goes from a beggar or somebody being on the system to somebody that's being a blessing and providing for, come on, other people. And I just think that that's what the Lord does in our life. Come on, he takes us in our broken mess. He says, listen, I'm going to heal you, but I'm also going to use you to be a blessing to other people. Come on, if you're a stingy Christian, quit it. Quit being stingy. If you're a stingy Christian, come on, learn and pray that God would give you a heart of generosity. It goes on to say this, that after this miracle, the news about Jesus spread even further. Massive crowds, the Bible says, continually gathered to hear Jesus speak and to be healed from their illness. Do you know why massive crowds were there? Because they believed that Jesus could heal them. Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Do you believe that Jesus can fix your marriage? Do you think Jesus can, can help your kid get, get, get his act together or her act together? Do you think that Jesus can, can deliver you from that addiction that nobody else knows about? Do you think that Jesus can? 
Because I'm telling you, if you believe that He can, it's very likely that He will. And though it may not turn out or it may not happen in the exact order that you want it to happen, I guarantee you this, you begin to trust Jesus and you're going to look back and your life is going to be very different in one year's time. I believe it. If you look back and trust Jesus and serve Jesus strongly for a year, be in faith field, getting in His Word, speaking His Word over your life, you're going to look back in 300 365 days and your life is going to be very different than it was 365 days ago. That's the God that we serve. Can you believe it? Can you receive it for yourself? I've seen some miracles. I've seen some miracles in my life. I've seen a lot of miracles in my life. Most like big miracles that I've been a part of have happened on the mission field. I remember my wife and I, we went over to the Philippines for our first mission trip together. And uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids showed up to this. And, and we saw incredible things at that, at that youth conference that we, that we were putting together. But also we had the opportunity to go up into the jungles and do some open air meetings and and there were a lot of people like there were a lot of people that have tuberculosis in the Philippines it's a lung issue a lung disease and when you're close to them you can smell it like you can smell that there's something wrong and I just remember just not being afraid not but just going in and embracing and putting my hand upon the chest where the lungs would be of, of people and just praying a prayer and knowing that the Lord was delivering them from that tuberculosis. I just knew it. Yeah, I've been in Africa and Uganda and, and, and where witchcraft is, 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 is still prominent you know, to this day. It's becoming less and less because the church is growing and growing. But, uh, but witchcraft is very, is very real. And, and knowing that people were uh, oppressed or possessed or, or you know, just being messed with by the devil, I remember many times praying for people and knowing that the Lord was setting those people free right in front of my eyes. We've seen several miracles take place in the United States. One of my favorite miracles, and it was a shocking miracle, like I prayed it, I had the faith to believe in it, but I was shocked whenever God answered it. There was a lady that was going in, in, the, in Rupert, Idaho, there was a lady that was going in for heart surgery. And I remember going and praying for her and laying hands on her. And, and I remember saying these words, Lord, when she goes in tomorrow morning, let the doctor send her home because the tests are, are perfect. And, and she had to pack a suitcase because she didn't know how long she was going to be there. That afternoon, that next afternoon, I'm, I get a call from her and she's like, well, the Lord answered the prayer. They sent, she was going in for heart surgery that day. And they sent her home. The Lord said, I will do as exactly what it is that you asked to do. And I said, really? Are you kidding me? Like I was shocked and surprised that God did verbatim. And I'm just telling you that that's the, that's the miracle-making God that we serve. I love miracles, but whenever it comes to miracles, I'm not the smartest um, uh, knife in the, in, the, in, the, in the drawer, but this is what I can tell you whenever it comes to miracles there's one thing that every miracle has in common, and that's a need. That's a need. You're not going to get a miracle without a need. The prerequisite for a miracle is a problem. 
And so the bigger your problem, the more, the more uh, you are a candidate for God to do something incredible in your life. So that thing that you're praying against, that you're like, man, God, I wish I never, I, I wish I never had to deal with this, or man, I didn't sign up for this, or I didn't sign up for that, but yet we're wanting to see a move of God, the power of God manifest in the world today. The way that we're going to see that is when God meets a need with a miracle. And I'm telling you what, the bigger the, 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 the issue, the more opportunity there is for a big, massive miracle that's unmistakable. You know, this, this girl that we just watched the cartoon of, I love that story, Jairus' daughter. She was dead. Matter of fact, there was a, there was a, a person, a, you know, a, a person showed up when they were on their way and said, hey, listen, you don't need to come anymore. You don't need to come anymore because the, the girl has passed and Jesus kept coming. And, and he was actually mocked. And, 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 and everybody that believed that he could do something, you know, they, they, were, they were mocking and laughing. And that's why Jesus had to send everybody out of the room. But I'm telling you what, that if you have a need, you're a great candidate for a miracle. The word miracle is oftentimes misused. You know, I got a great... I got a great hairdresser. She's here this morning. She is a miracle. She can take a nappy head and make it look like a masterpiece. Come on, somebody. Give Tiffany a big shout out. Yeah, she's here, so I got to be nice. No, no. <laughs> no, she does incredible. But we use things like that. Man, she did a miracle with my hair. You know, if you're in college and you're, man, I had this long pay. It was a miracle that I was able to get it turned in on time. And it was another miracle that I passed with a grade that I passed in. If, you, if you're big into sports, man, it was a Cinderella story. There's no way we were a David and Goliath story. There's no way that we were going to, you know, we were supposed to win that game, but it was a miracle. We won the game. And then what did we, what did we do? We, what did we put on our sandwiches? Miracle whip. And so we, we, we play down. I like me some Miracle Whip. Don't be talking about my Miracle Whip. But we play down, we play down, you know, miracles. And I want to give you the Webster's definition, uh, de definitionary, the definition. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, talking to myself. Miracle, an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. In short, this is when God's power collides with our reality. And that's what it is that we need. We need the power of God. I'm telling you, it is so foolish for the church, which is you and me. And we do this all the time. We deal with problems and issues the same way that everybody else deals with problems and issues that they don't have a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. We try to figure it out ourselves. We'll go get counsel from people that don't even believe in Jesus. You know what I mean? We try to work through it. We stress out about it. We stay up all night. The last thing that we finally do is we pray about it and take it to the Lord. Why are we going to go to everybody else, tell everybody our sad story without taking it before the Lord and believing that the Lord... Come on, there's nothing wrong with help. There's nothing wrong with people coming alongside of you. But come on, let's not forget the greatest thing that we have, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is able to do all that we can ask for, think of, hope for, or even imagine. He is the one that is able to change your situation.
It's where God's power collides with our reality. Can I also just say this, that it's good to know and be aware of our surroundings. Like, it's really good for us to know the season that we find ourselves in as a world today. I really think that there are some incredible things that are happening that are prophetic things that are happening right now. I really believe that. All the things that, that, that we've been reading about all these years, like in my mind I can see, you know, the stage being set. You know, if it's not now, it would be later on down the road, but I can see how, you know, in my mind things are kind of, oh, oh, I'm aware. But you know what I'm not? I'm not consumed with it. See, this is the deal, is if we're not careful, we can be consumed with what the devil's doing and lose sight of what God's doing, which God is the one that tells you what the end of the story looks like anyways. So we could get so consumed with, did you know this? This, this, I believe in this, I believe in that. Well, what about this, and what about that? Next thing you know, you're not able to sleep, and you're fear-stricken, and you forgot that you serve a God that is a miracle-making God, and He's got the end of the story already punctuated. It's already done. And so we, it's good to be aware, it's good to know the season, but my goodness, let's not forget who God is in this whole thing. Jesus in Luke 5 Jesus does a miracle for this man. I want you to know that this man is isolated. Somebody say isolated. He's separated. Say, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> separated. And he is untouched. You know, kind of some of the things that we're dealing with right now on a much, less, on a much smaller scale. He was isolated, he was separated, and he was untouched. So if you are feeling any of these things, or all three of these things, then I want to give you some instruction from the Word on how to deal with him. Number one is this, and I hope you're taking notes wherever you're at. Number one, I want you to know that Jesus knows. Simply, Jesus knows what it is that you're going through. Like right now, He knows what you're, what you're going through. He is fully aware of every aspect of your situation. That you're, like He is a noticer. He is a noticer. Have you ever, he's aware. Have you ever been around somebody that's that's unaware, like they are just completely clueless. They are unaware, like like when it's time to be quiet, they're loud and they're boisterous, and everybody's just like they're unaware. I'm not. There's people being pointed at right here. I know you can't, and they're not cardboard cutouts either. Um, you probably heard them. But they're unaware. They like like they are. They're present when they should not be present. I literally, this is the truth, I have, I have been in, in, a, in a session with a husband and a wife, and God is just doing incredible things in my office. Mind you, the door is shut. The door is shut. I'm in a session. There are tears running. God's doing something special in a relationship, in troubled times, and, and tears are flowing, and apologies are, are being made, and it's very heavy, but, but God is working. And then all of a sudden, somebody busts in the door. Hey, guys, hey, hey, uh, Travis, uh, what do you think about that plumbing? What, what do you think about the election? They sit down. They even see the tears 
that are being shed by the people. And the thing is, is they don't get up and remove themselves. They stay and they continue to have the conversation. They're completely unaware. And you're just sitting there scratching your head like, what is going on right here? You don't, you don't even have the, the, the ability to muster up the words because they are so unaware of what's taking place. And I'm just telling you this, that that's not God. Jesus is fully aware, and he is, he's got his eye upon you, and he, his hand is, just like we sang in the song, his hand is working even when you don't see it. His hand is working, come on, he's moving even when you don't feel it. Just because you don't feel it or sense it doesn't mean that he's asleep on the job. He doesn't do that. He's fully aware. Psalm 139, I love this in verse 16. It said, and, and I'm sorry, you don't have this. I came across this later. You don't have this in your notes, but Psalm 139, verse 16 and 17, it says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. So before you, I love how this reads, before you were even formed, your eyes saw who I was going to be. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. So every day that you're going to live in his book, Come on, the Bible says in your book they were all written the days that were fashioned for me. Does that just blow your mind? Come on, God is so aware that He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen a year from now. He knows, He just knows. And so if, if you're like me, I would ask that that would bring just some confidence and some comfort. It goes on to say, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. So his thoughts, whenever they come to you as an individual, are vast. I mean, there's so many. There's so many, more than, than, than we could even count. And so I want you to know today that Jesus knows. He's a noticer. Number two is this. Jesus is a reacher. Come on, Jesus is the one that leaves the 99 and goes after the one. You know what, you and I can relate to this because you were the one at one time, or maybe you're the one right now. But Jesus left the entire flock to come after you because he loved you so much. I think it's so interesting that I was in a jail cell completely blasted and inebriated, drunk, had way too much to drink, in jail for a DUI. Cold. I was shivering cold. Anybody ever spent time in jail? They don't give you a blanket. That's a terrible thing. They should issue a blanket at the door. If anybody's in charge of that, I just want you to know that's a really good idea for people that get arrested. I was freezing cold, and I, was just, I remember having this conversation, Lord, you can have my life. I'm just tired of it. And immediately everything changed for me. But you know what's incredible about that is it didn't stop there. Even before I knew anything about anything, anything about God's Word or, or His goodness, God began to use me. See, God used me, which I was in jail. God used me to take a guy out of a crack house over in Caldwell. He was in a bad situation, went into a dangerous place, and just took him out of there. Now, remember our assistant pastor giving me a call another time and there was a girl uh, out in the sticks that, uh, that was in a domestic situation, a real bad domestic situation. Now listen, I'm barely saved. This guy had been saved for, for, for quite a, a, a little while. 
and he calls me up. He tells me the situation. I say, yeah, man, I will go, absolutely. And so I get to his car, and he hands me a pistol. So we got Jesus, and, and I got a pistol, and he's got a pistol. I said, oh, re- things just got real. Like we were going into a situation that you just, probably not the smartest thing for, could you imagine like two Christians in the front page of the paper, you know, with Jesus' help? No. Um, but it was just crazy, but we were able to get that girl out of that, out of that bad situation. There's been a time where, where myself personally, and I hadn't been saved very long, but there was a young man that had been serving the Lord for a long time, dealing with severe depression, had some marital issues, and, and he was going to take his life, and he called me, and I went over by myself and, and took the gun out of, his, out of his hand. Very volatile situation. My wife, same thing. She had somebody that was fixing to you know, end things, and she was used to take a gun out of a, out of a, a person's hand. And I'm just telling you this, that, that, that God is aware, and He knows the struggle, and he and, and 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 not only will he save you, but he will also use you, come on, to bring life into the lives of other people. And he'll be with you. Like I didn't need that gun because God was with me. That was crazy. The more I think about it, I'm like, what were you thinking? That was just terrible. Bad idea. Don't do it. Call Richard. <laughs> or Bonzo or somebody somebody else. But uh But Jesus is a reacher. Come on, He reaches past the walls of depression. He breaks through the limitations of sin. When things seem hopeless, His hand is present. The Bible says that He reached through the pain of separation for this leper that felt overlooked. I want you to know this, that you're not forgotten. Come on, you're you're not... You know what I mean? He hasn't moved on to somebody else. You are on his mind. You're not too far gone. You're not so steeped into sin. You're not, you know, your heart's not so black that you are outside of God's ability. Come on to do something. And, and that miracle is for you. And I'm just saying this, that I am nominating you right now in the middle of all of your issues. I am nominating you personally for a miracle. I nominate you. I lift up your name. God, you know who it is that's thinking, this is for me. Lord, I don't know the name, but I lift up that name to you so that you can work in their life. Right now, as faith is just being released, God, I pray in Jesus' name that your presence would be felt and that you would do a miracle in their situation. When I think of somebody that's a reacher, I think mom's typically, not all moms, but moms typically are really good reachers. You know, I was a real knucklehead growing up through my high school years, made bad decisions and, and became an adult and just made bigger bad decisions. But my mom was already, she was always there. She was always the one when everybody had had, had kind of given up on me and, and, and you know, they, they kind of had their opinions that, man, that guy's never going to change. How many of you know moms, you know, they always pull the best out of you? You know, she would always tell me, you know, what a good heart I had and, and, and how God had a, had a plan for my life. And I could be calling her from jail and she'd, you know, she would always be encouraging. Mom, my mother was a, is an incredible mother. She's, she's always been a reacher. She's always seen the best, not only in me, but in, in other people. 
And I just want to give a big shout out to moms as we're approaching Mother's Day. I don't know what in the world we would do without you. Not a whole lot. We need you and we sure do appreciate you. But we appreciate your compassion and your ability to reach. I look at my own wife and how she is such a great mom to our three kids and great grandma too. To, uh, to our grandson, and I just appreciate. We need to men. We need to appreciate the women in our life just a little bit, a little bit more. They deserve it. Number three, and this is my last point, and I'm getting ready to close here. It says this: that Jesus is a healer. You know, there's times in my in my prayer time where I will just recognize that Jesus is a healer, and I'll, and whenever I recognize Him as a healer, you know what comes next is the needs of healing that are all around us. You know, a lot of times we just recognize Him as a healer whenever we've got sickness or limitations within our bodies or pain in our bodies. But I'm telling you what, He heals everything. He'll heal our land. And so in my prayer time, it's, it's, it's quite often that I'll be like, Lord, please heal the United States of America. Lord, please heal. God, I'm praying that You heal this mini cache area that we live in. God, I pray that you begin to heal the economic situations and struggles that people are dealing with. Certainly, Lord, heal the sick that are dealing with sickness and pain in their body. God, I'm praying right now that you heal marriages. God, that you begin to restore as the enemy is so crafty and such a good uh, messer-upper and a divider. Lord, I pray that you just begin to heal marriages that people would begin to yield, God, to the power that you have available to them in and through the Holy Spirit. God, that you give them wisdom on what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and what not to say. God, I pray for marriages. I pray, Lord, for addictions, that people would be healed from those addictions. I pray for for people that are dealing with unforgiveness. God, I pray that you heal their hearts. And Lord, take that hardened heart and make it soft and pliable again. You know, when I think about healing, there are so many things, come on, that we can pray for in the area of healing. And I just want you to know this, that God is a healer. I want you to take your issue right now, whatever it is, in your mind. You don't even have to say it out loud. Take your dilemma, take your need, and bring it to the Lord right now. Bring it to the Lord. Set it at His feet and say, I am giving this to you. I'm not going to carry this anymore. It's not been my burden to carry. I'm giving it to you right now. I want you to, in your mind, see yourself kneeling at the feet of Jesus. What did the leper do? The leper saw who Jesus was, fell at his feet, and he said, I know that you are able, but are you willing? And he presented it to Jesus. Whatever it is that you have, I'm asking you that physically or mentally in your mind, see yourself falling at the feet of Jesus and presenting this thing to Him and ask Him the same questions. I know that you are able, but are you willing? And I can tell you this, that there's one thing that you're going to experience. You're going to experience the hand of God moving in your life. And this is what I want you to know. There's a reason behind it. God is going to move because He wants you to be a person that does just as He does. You see, you don't have to travel very far. You don't have to listen very long 
before you see people in panic, people disrupted. You see needs all around you. People are, people are, uh, people are losing their minds. People are having issues with their children. People are having issues with their marriages. People are struggling financially. And I'm just telling you that the Lord is releasing you right now. And you're a perfect candidate to do this because you are just getting ready to receive what it is that you need from the Lord, your own miracle. And then He's going to send you out, come on, with your testimony. Your life is going to be a living testimony. And you're going to speak life to people that need to hear it. You're going to speak hope to people that need to hear it. You're going to to, you're going to stop them in their tracks of negativity and you're going to say, listen, you've forgotten about the God that we serve. Let me remind you who it is that He is. Right. And I'm just telling you, God is fixing to do something and this, is, this whole thing is primed. Come on, for the name of Jesus to be lifted up and for miracles to be happening all around us. It is perfectly primed for such a time as this. And I'm telling you this, it's prophetic. It's how the story ends. He wins. The greatest healing that you can receive is the healing of salvation. And I would be crazy not to give you an opportunity to do that. The Bible says that Jesus died on a cross. While I was yet a sinner and while you were yet a sinner, come on, Jesus knew our ugliness, just like that leper, our brokenness, you know, uh, uncleanliness. Come on, he knew all of that, and he said, I'm going to die for him. And he died on a cross so that we can live. And the Bible says that if you'll just simply believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It's a simple prayer. You just have to believe that he's the only begotten of the Father, that he died, he, he lived a sinless life, he didn't sin once, not once did he sin. A lot of crazy things going on about Jesus having all kinds of different wives and, and, and doing all kinds of different things. I'm telling you, it doesn't line up with God's Word. I'm telling you that He lived a life that was without sin, and He died that way. The perfect Lamb, the perfect sacrifice. And if you but just believe Him and receive Him and ask Him to forgive you of your sins, how do you do that? You just say this, Jesus, will you please forgive me of my sins? He'll forgive you, never to be brought up against you again. Another part that's really huge, after you say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. This is what you say. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be in charge of my life. I don't want to be in charge of my life anymore. We see where that got me in jail a couple different times and angry and depressed and, and just all kinds of different issues going on because of because of Travis being in charge. But it's amazing when you come to him and say, Lord, would you be in charge of my life? I invite you to be the boss. Where you tell me to go, I'll go. What you tell me to do, I'll do. Tell me to speak, I'll speak. Lord, my life is not my own, it's yours. And I invite you right now just to pray that prayer. However you want to muster it up. It doesn't matter how you say it. What matters is your heart. Do you believe it? Do you believe that you're a sinner in need of a Savior? If you do, ask God to forgive you and to cleanse you of that sin, and He will. Then just give your life to Him. I'm telling you, if you'll do that, it'll be the best decision you've ever made. And if you're making that decision right now, I want you to text this number that's on the screen. I want you to text that number.
I'm sure we've got it up. The number, if it's not up, it's uh, 208-481-8110. And in the body of the text, I just want to encourage you just to put the word saved. S-A-V-E-D. All lowercase. It has to be all lowercase. But this is going to give me an opportunity just to stay in contact with you. To encourage you, to help you in this new walk of yours. God's got big things in store for you, and I'm sure glad to be able to be a part of it. I want you to know that we love you here on Thursday. No, not Thursday. What am I thinking? Thursday. We're not, getting, we're not doing anything on Thursday. On Sunday, the 17th of May. Somehow, those three things equal Thursday in my mind. But on Sunday, the 17th of May, we're going to be back here in church we got, it's going to be a little bit different, but we're going to be in church. we got six feet of separation. we got some cool things going on, and uh, we invite you to be here with us. Tomorrow it's going to be the same as this week, but I want you to just get excited about what God's doing and say, God, you can count on me. Amen. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 845 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 6.30 p.m. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.